Well, good morning, church. How are you today? I hope that you're as excited as I am. We are starting a brand new series today, church, called Unshakable. I always get a little extra excited when we start a brand new series, a lot of fun. Hey, before we dive into this new series, I just want to give a shout out to some folks here real quick. If you're a first-time guest with us here today, can we, get, can we show them some love? First-time guests, love you guys. <clears throat> We know it's a big deal to kind of get up on a Sunday morning, get dressed. You could be in your pajamas. You can be watching sports or the news or something else and going out to a diner and eating. But you came here because somebody invited you. So we appreciate that. And I also want to say uh, hello and, and good morning to everyone watching online right now. We've got tons of people all across the world. We actually have our team right now watching from Rwanda. Can we give them some love right now? Live. Awesome. Incredible. Africa. I also want to give a little love out to a group of people in the, uh, in the Serbia group watching from the UK, from Germany, uh, from Scotland, sorry. Can we give them some love? Exciting. We'll give you a little shout out. Your team was here at the 9.15, 9 o'clock service. And so it's amazing. Also, one more thing, one more thing. Right now, we are going live at Banta. Can we give our Banta campus some love right now? Love you guys over at Banta. First time, first time you're live today. Uh, normally, the Banta, Campa, Banta Campus watches the recording on Saturday night, and so uh, we, went, we went live today. It's very, very exciting. So we feel you. I want to hear your voices. I want to hear you talking back to me over at Banta as well as here as Greenwood. So brand new series today. One more thought before we jump in really quick. Uh, some of you know we're a multi-site campus. I was just talking to our Banta Campus. We also have a campus in Franklin. They currently meet in a middle school. We are building them a permanent facility. We found 14 acres and a beautiful 14 acres in Franklin. The the foundation has been laid, the, the storm sewers are put in, uh, they're, they're actually, they actually poured the concrete walls in Ohio uh, this last week, they're going to be shipping them to Indiana. Here's what we need you to do, we need you to pray for the rain to stop, okay, can you do that? Anybody? <laughs> Raise your hand if you say, I'm going to pray for the rain to stop, because if the rain stops, we can get those walls up next week, it's going to be very, very exciting. If you give financially to this church at all and just support that, we just want to say thank you so much. We are going to reach lots and lots of people in the Franklin area with the gospel. And so I just want to give a quick update. We'll have some pictures for you next time and show you what it looks like to have some walls up and, and get that all going. So very, very exciting. Uh, okay, unshakable, unshakable. If you're a note taker today, I hope you are because you forget most of what you don't write down. And I hope you grab a handout when you walk in today. First thing I want you to see in your notes there as we start the series is that sometimes, many times, life can shake you up. True? Yes or no? True? Life can shake you up. Man, Things can go terribly wrong in life sometimes. Big things, little things. If you've been paying attention recently, just in our community, just in our little community here, we've had two precious teenagers lose their life from car accidents this last week. Unbelievable. Sometimes, sometimes life can deal you a blow that just, it just takes the wind out of you. And it's almost like you can't even go on. And so we've been trying to help those families and love on those families during their time of loss. I, I got a text message from, from a friend of mine just yesterday and said one of his best friends from college, his 22-year-old son committed suicide. It's like, oh, man. Just such, sometimes life can just absolutely punch you in the gut and shake you to your core, yes or no? Right? And, and, and for most of us, it's not a necessarily a loss of, of a loved one, but it could be a job scenario, a job situation where you suddenly get let go, the company downsizes, or 
or, or, or a relationship unravels and, and this person that's been in your life for years and years and years is no longer in your life because of some unfaithfulness or, or, or some other reason. Or maybe, maybe you get a diagnosis of, of cancer or something like that and, and life can just deal you these blows and you've been there before. You know, Jesus spoke about this. He, he actually said in John chapter 16, verse 33, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. A lot of people think if they, if they start coming to church or they, if they start to try to, you know, do the, the religious thing that God will make their life better. But Jesus actually said, we are going to have many trials and sorrows. In fact, I would, I, you could make the argument that sometimes when you, when you take the, the path of faith or you try to put your, you know, your faith in Jesus and follow him, sometimes the trials get worse in our lives. Ever been there? Yes or no? You know, in the Bible, it's full, the Bible's filled with stories of people who are following God and, and they went through terrible scenarios and situations where they suffered great loss and pain. One such situation was with King David and um, last week Michael Cast uh, talked about David and Goliath. Did he do a good job last week, Mike? Didn't he do great? Love that guy. One of the things he said in his talk that actually made it on the wall in our conference room back here was that uh, sometimes God allows a Goliath to come into your life to bring out the David in you. I thought that was good. Anybody else remember him saying that? Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's like preachers get this preacher envy. It's like, man, I've read that story so many times. How come I couldn't have said it that way? Dang it. You know, but I'm glad he said it and I'm glad he was blessed by, he blessed all of you last week. But so David, 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 you know, became the king of Israel. But before he was the king of Israel, he was on the run from a guy named Saul. Saul was the king of Israel and Saul was in a jealous rage. Saul was going after David, hunting him down like a dog. Well, at one point, David starts to write a psalm when he's being chased by Saul. And I want you to see what he says. Graphic words. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. If you've ever seen the, the videos of the tsunami in, on, uh, in Japan, just the waters just coming over, just annihilating towns, entire towns. It's kind of the picture of what David's feeling. These floodwaters are coming over him. The grave wrapped its ropes around me in death laid a trap in my path. David's describing this emotional situation, this, this physical situation where Saul's about to come in and kill him. And unless God intervenes, he was going to die. That's why one of the reasons I believe this book is authentic, by the way, when I read it, I, re I believe it's written by God, is because people just share what's actually happening. They don't candy coat it. They don't make it the story better than it is. It's just what actually happened was written down, raw human emotion. David says, I'm about to die. Here's what I want to do in this series. I want to take four weeks to talk about, is it, I want to answer this question, is it possible to stay strong when things go wrong? And if it's possible, how? Like, how do you and I stand strong when things hit the fan, when things go wrong in our life? Maybe they're big things, maybe they're small things. Like, how does that work? Like, is it possible to overcome the, discover, the, the discouragement? Is it possible to overcome the, the burden and the pressure of anxiety in your life? Is it possible to overcome the melancholy and the sadness that, that we suffer when we go through loss? I would argue that it is. And in this series, I want to lay out four different principles in, in all four weeks that if you apply these principles to your life, I believe it will lead you to live an unshakable life. That's where we want to go in this series. So if you're ready to dive in for number one, say yes. Say yes. Banta, say yes. Yes. All right. We heard him, right? We heard him over at Banta. Yes. Okay. So let's dive in. Four principles. Here's the first one. Number one, we want to do the right thing. 
We want to do the right thing. How do we live an unshakable life, an immovable life, a steady, sturdy life in the midst of difficulty? Number one, we have to do the right thing. I was studying for this talk. I came across Psalm chapter 15, verse 4. Amazing verse. This is, this is what it says. Psalm 15, verse 4. Whoever does these things will never be, say it with me, shaken. Never be shaken. The, the Hebrew word simply means never be uprooted. If you've ever seen a tree that was blown over by a hurricane force wind and all of its roots are out of the ground, it's like, whoa, that's amazing. How powerful was that wind to knock that huge tree over? That's what this word shaken means. Uprooted, taken out of the ground. The psalmist says, whoever does these things will never be uprooted. Your life will never be torn out of the ground. Wow. So I started looking at that like, well, well, what things? Like if it says, whoever does these things will never be shaken, what things? Well, we have to go back to the text and look at the four verses before it. And he lays it out. It's actually a list. Psalm chapter 15. Listen to this. These are the things that a person does. Those, verse 2, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous. All that simply means is the person who lives with integrity, the person who does the right thing, the person who is consistently on track with God's will, that person will lead an, uh, uh, an unshakable, steady, immovable life who speaks the truth from his heart, no deception in his mouth, no lies coming out of her mouth. What you hear is what you get. You know, there's, you know those people in your life that they say things, but you know they really don't mean them? <laughs> you have to kind of parse what they're saying. Anybody know anybody like that? Are you like that? <laughs> right? Half-truths and a little bit of lies here and exaggerations there. Not so with the person who lives a steady, sturdy, unshakable life. Verse 3 says, whose tongue has no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slurs on others. Basically, all that simply means is that this person with their words and their deeds, they don't hurt people. They just, they just help people. Their, their whole life is a blessing to the, people's in, to the people in their lives. Verse 4, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord. What does that mean? I thought we we're supposed to love everybody. Didn't Jesus say that? Love your enemies, love your neighbors, yourself. What does it mean to despise those who are vile or those and honor those who fear the Lord? All, all it simply means is that this person discerns evil from good. This person is able to, to recognize evil versus good in a person because isn't that where evil resides? Evil resides in people. And this person is able to just understand like who, who's evil and who's good. They recognize it. They have insight. Look at, look at the next phrase. Who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. All that simply means is they keep their word even when it doesn't benefit them. <laughs> even when they're going to suffer a financial loss, they still do what they said they're going to do because they're a person of integrity. Verse 5, who lends money to the poor without interest. All that simply means is they don't take advantage of people who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, but rather, rather takes up the cause of the innocent and the helpless. This is what the psalmist is doing is he, he's not giving us an, an exhaustive list of, of all, you know, the right behaviors. He's describing the type of person who simply does the right things in all of the different situations of his life, whether it's relationships or whether it's with finances or it's dealing with the poor, or it's dealing with the rich. They just do the right thing. This is the type of person, go back to verse four for me. This is the type, the type of person that will never be shaken. Isn't that good? Yes? You like that? I like that. Is that enough for me to kind of sit down and pray and be done? What do you think? Let's go home. I was thinking about ending the sermon right there, but I thought that'd be really short. <laughs> Some people would be happy about that. 
Do the right thing and you'll live an unshakable life. You'll never be uprooted, right? Never suffer, you know, huge setbacks in your life. You'll be able to stay steady in the midst of the storm. That's not enough for me. Even though the Bible teaches it, it's not enough for me. My brain goes, why? here's what I do. But why? You know, I was that kid in my home, you know, with my mom. <laughs> you got a kid like this? But why, mom? <laughs> that was me. But why? I don't get it. Like, I know you just told me not to do that or I can't go out. I got to be home at 11. But why? <laughs> right? I want to know why. And so I do the same thing with God. Okay, do the right thing and my life will never be shaken. But why, God? Anybody else? Yes? No? Am I the only one? Okay, let's figure out why. Three reasons. Ready? The first one is the common sense factor. The reason why doing the right thing leads to an unshakable life is because of the common sense factor. Now this, if you're not a religious person or if you're an atheist or if you're agnostic or, or a person of a different religion, not a, not a follower of Christ, this one, you're going to love this one because this one doesn't require faith. This is just common sense. Okay? You don't even have to be a Jesus follower for, go to, for you to go, man, that's good. Okay? You might even give me an amen. <laughs> the common sense factor. Let's follow me real quick. If you do the wrong thing consistently, fudge the truth, verbally abuse somebody, physically abuse somebody, deceive, lie, cheat, and steal consistently over time, what kind of life are you going to have? What kind of life are you going to be building? A steady, sturdy, immovable life or a, or, or a shady, shaky, <laughs> sandy kind of life? What do you think? Yeah, which one? See, this is common sense. This is a, like if you just do people wrong at the office, in your home, if you do them wrong consistently, your life is going to be in shambles. Why? Because here, here, here's the way it works. People retaliate. Have you noticed? <laughs> like when you do somebody wrong, like they're going to get you back. Have you experienced this yet? Like this is how wars start in the world. Like one country bombs another country and so then the country retaliates, right? They get back, right? Or, or one country, you know, sends one of their, one of their ships pat real close to somebody's shore so another country sends one of their ships close to our shore or whatever. It's just, it's called retaliation. Nations do it, people do it. So when you do people wrong consistently over time, they are just going to get back at you which creates this unstable, unsteady, shakeable type of life. This is the wisdom of Jesus. This is why Jesus' words in the golden rule are so powerful. As you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. It's called the golden rule. Some of you are like, I didn't know that was in the Bible. It is. <laughs> why, why is this such a powerful statement? Why do businesses, you know, you see these commercials now, there's new commercials out that say they're trying to, people are trying to run their secular business, if there is such a thing, right, on the golden rule. It's a huge, it's a great business principle. Why? Because people retaliate. They give you back what, what they have received from you. So Jesus simply says, that, look, look, because people retaliate, because they respond in kind, just treat them as you wish to be treated. And it'll go real. You will build a steady, sturdy marriage. You'll build a steady, sturdy business. You, your customers will love you. Like, it's just a thing. So this is common sense. I didn't even, you don't even have, need to have faith to, to, to say yes to this. Another reason why when you, when you do people wrong all the time, it, it leads to a shaky, unsteady life is because anxiety goes to the roof. Ever been there? Guilty conscience? Just doing, the, did this person wrong, stole from this person, took this person, just anxiety rises. And that leads to a terrible existence. It almost feels like you're, you're being choked all the time by, by anxiety because of a guilty conscience. I remember back in when I was high school, in high school, I was, wasn't a very good kid, wasn't the worst kind of kid, but not great. There's this, there was this guy in our community that was doing kids wrong. I mean, he was just a predator. And, and the police were investigating him. And, 
And everybody knew it in the community, and, and he was a coach in the area. And so my buddies decided we were going to take the law into our own hands. And so one day we came up with this plan. Let's, he owned this baseball card shop. And in New York, all the stores, not all of them, a lot of them were, were all glass in the front. So we said, here's what we'll do. We'll just get in our car real quick. We'll pull up to the baseball card shop, jump out, throw bricks through his windows, shatter them, and just get back in the car and take off. And we'll get back at him. Like, that's an awesome plan, don't you think? 16 years old? That makes complete sense, right? Broad daylight, you know? Don't even wait for the sun to go down. <laughs> I volunteered to be the driver. I'll drive. This is wisdom right here. So sure enough, we get in the car and we, we drive over there. And we're like, this, remember, this is a bad dude. Like, the police are after this guy. We're like, look, we're going to get him. We pull up. Buddies jump out. Throw these bricks. Man, the sound was unbelievable shatter the windows. Get back, walk, 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 get in, close the door, close the door, we get out of there. We made it. The only problem was I, I, I didn't anticipate the, 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 the guilt. I didn't anticipate the anxiety. I didn't anticipate, see I lived on, I lived, my, my mom and dad still live there. We live on a busy street in New York in Staten Island and the cars are going by and, and fire engines and police cars and it's, it's a, like a main road there and so I didn't realize that every day after that, when I heard those sirens, I thought they were coming to my house. <laughs> and so the anxiety built and it built. And one day it got so heavy, it was so choking me that I had to go to my mom and say, Mom, listen, here's what I did. And I confessed it to her. Because I really, I wanted her to have some context when the police showed up and locked me. <laughs> like, I wanted her to at least be prepared because they were coming. See, they was, we did it in broad daylight. License plate numbers, the whole, the whole deal. There's a French proverb that says, there's no pillow so soft as a clear conscience. You know, I slept really good that night because I just confessed it. See, when you do people wrong, anxiety rises. Some of you are living with this. You've, you've cheated, you've stolen, you've taken, you've abused verbally, physically, sexually. You, you've hurt. And now there's just this anxiety and this guilt. This, is, this leads to an, an unsteady, shakable kind of life. You know, another reason why, why, why it doesn't work when you, when you do people wrong is relationships just fizzle out. They dissolve. Like, you can't be in a relationship with someone and continually do them wrong. Because relationships are built on trust, right? Stephen Covey wrote the book on it, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said this, trust is the glue of life. It's the foundational principle that holds all relationships together. Like, how can I be in a relationship with you of any quality if I continually do you wrong verbally, physically? I take from you, I steal from you, I'm unkind to you, I manipulate you, I deceive you. Like that, like some, that type of life just falls apart over time. People don't want to be around you. They won't get close to you because they don't trust you, right? So again, what am, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the common sense factor. Like you don't even have to be a person of faith. This is just common sense. But you know what is also true? The opposite is true. If you do people right, if you help them and serve them and tell them the truth and you're honest with them and you, and you give to them, oh, you build an incredibly steady, immovable, unshakable life. So number one, the common sense factor. Number two, the God factor. This one takes a little bit more faith. The God factor. In the Bible, it's all over the place. I'm just going to show you a few sections, okay? There's this principle in the Bible that says, if you do right, God has your back. He won't remove the pain, he might, 
He doesn't promise to remove the trial. He may. But what he does promise you is that he'll be with you in the valley of the shadow of death. Let me show you. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 30. The righteous, those who do right, those who've dedicated their life to do the right thing, as we've said in this, in this, in this talk so far, will never be, say it with me, come on. Oh, come on, a little bit more passion. Shaken. Those who do right will never be shaken, but not so with the wicked. The wicked will be uprooted out of the land. This is just a general principle in the Bible. It's called the God factor. God says, you do right, I got your back. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I'll be with you in the trouble. This, this, this principle is rooted in, a, in a, uh, a truth, a promise that God gave Israel when Israel was coming up out of Egypt. Some of you who know the Bible, 400 years of slavery in Egypt. The Israelites, Israelites were delivered by Moses, right? God says, Here to, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you a brand new homeland. It's called the promised land. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 17 to look at the promise. The whole land of Canaan, the promised land, I will give it to you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants, and I will be your God. I'm gonna root you in this brand new land. No more slavery for you, right? It's a great promise, but it had a stipulation. The Israelites had to follow the laws of God. They had to follow the Ten Commandments. They had to live a righteous life. If they decided to worship the gods of the, of the people of the land, God says, look, here's the deal. Leviticus 26. You can look it up when you get home. Leviticus 26. The promises, if they, if they obey, and here's what's going to happen if you disobey. I will uproot you out of the land. I will actually fight against you. I will take you out of the land. It's a great promise with a stipulation. The righteous will live in the land. But those who choose to be wicked will be plucked out. Listen to Proverbs 2.21. For only the godly will live in the land and those who have integrity will remain in it. Proverbs is a book of general principles of truth written from a father to a son. This is the general principle. It's called the God factor. If you will live a righteous life, I will root your life. I won't take all the problems out of your life, but I will help you walk through them. I will give you the grace and the strength to exist in them. I will not uproot your life. So when you do that, what does it look like? What does it look like? Well, there's a great passage. I just want to read it to you. It's a great passage. You can follow along on the screens here. But Psalm 46. What does it look like? Let's say you and I say, oh, the God fact. I'm going to apply it to my life. Listen to these precious words. When you do that, here's the confidence you can have. You can say this. God is our refuge and our strength. An ever-present help in the trouble. I'm not going to take the trouble out of your life. Okay, I might do that, but I probably won't. But I'm going to be an ever-present help in the trouble. Therefore, watch this. We will not, say it with me, fear. I'm not going to fear. Not going to give in to the discouragement. Not going to give in to the, to the worry. Not going to give in to the, to, to the pain. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar with foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Well, he's describing, he's describing an utter earthquake. He's saying, even though everything is falling apart in my life, I will not fear. Why? Because I have a God who's going to help me in the midst of the trouble. Now, listen, I live my life this way, I promise you. I was thinking about this, man, I, I really approach this. I approach, like like my, my heart, when I wake up in the morning, I say, God, it's my intention. That's an important word. It's my intention to do the right thing today. I don't always do it. 
I, I, so a lot of times I do the wrong thing, God, but, but my intention, my intention is to do the right thing for you. Therefore, I can claim the promise of Psalm 46 and say, God, there's some trouble. <laughs> I know you're going to help me. Because the intention of my heart is not to deceive people or hurt people or manipulate people or take advantage of people. It's not to lie. It's not to manipulate. God, my heart is to do the right thing. So I can, I can claim 46, Psalm 46 for myself. That's the beauty of doing the right thing. I'm not talking about perfection. You guys know I mess up all the time because <laughs> I tell you about it. You know, I throw bricks through windows. Sometimes I start fights on basketball courts. Try not to do that, right? I'm not talking about living a perfect life. I'm talking about what's the intent of my heart? Like, where is it pointed? What direction am I headed? If it's, if it's in the direction of doing the right thing, you can claim the God factor in your life to live a steady, sturdy life. God is my refuge and strength, my ever-present help in times of trouble. Let's talk about this last one, the obedience factor. Woo, this is a good one. This one's going to bother you. This one's going to poke you. Some of you may get up and leave. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. It's my job sometimes to, to do that, to push you a little bit. The obedience factor. One time Jesus got his boys together. He said, come here, fellas. He called a timeout. Okay, but sports people, and he said, oh, timeout, we got a problem. That's when coaches call TOs, right? The other team's going on a run, we're suffering, we're hemorrhaging, got to get, timeout. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Luke, Luke chapter 6. Guys, why are you calling me the boss? Why are you calling me the Lord? You're saying, Lord, Lord, kurios, kurios. That's the Greek word. It means the one who has all the power. It means the one who has all the authority. Why are you calling me Lord, Lord? And I've given you these instructions, and you ain't doing it. You're not boxing out. <laughs> you're not setting screens. Like, like you're, not, you're not protecting the ball. You're not, you're not setting traps. Whatever it is, right? Why am I? I'm telling you what to do. You're not doing it. It's like me and you going to the doctor, right? And we got all kinds of, you know, stuff going on and we don't know what it is. And the doctor says, man, you got bronchitis. You know, you need to do this. Get this prescription, this medicine. And you're like, oh, that's so good, doc. Oh, you know, you're so smart. You know, you're the doctor. I'm going to go right. And then we leave the doctor's office and we don't get the prescription. Like, what would the doctor say to you and me if we did that? Wouldn't he call a timeout and say, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you came to me. You called me doctor, doctor. And then you didn't get the prescription. It felt like I'm confused, right? This is what Jesus is doing. He's like, guys, I am the smartest being in the universe. I know everything about everything. <laughs> like, like, no one discovered gravity. I created gravity, right? So it's like, like God knows everything about science, everything about math, everything about how to forgive somebody, how to overcome anger, how to overcome lust, everything about everything. And he says, you're not doing what I say. It's crazy. And then he says this. Guys, everyone who hears my words, my teachings, start with the Sermon on the Mount and does them. That person's like a, a wise man who built his house on the what? The rock. What are we talking about in this series? How to live an unshakable life. How to build our lives on a solid foundation. He continues. The rains are going to come for this person. The floods are going to come into their life. The winds are going to blow. Like, like, their life is going to have problems. But watch this. But the house did not fall. Well, why didn't the house fall? Jesus says, because it was actually built on the rock. The person who obeys my teachings, that's the person who lives a steady, immovable, unshakable life. The opposite is also true. However, everyone who hears my words 
and does. Say it with me. Not do them. Come on, a little bit more passion. Not do them. Some of you are not doing the teachings of Jesus. You like to come to church, but you don't do what the doctor says. This person is like a foolish man or woman who's built his house on the, say it with me, the sand. And the rains come and the floods come and the winds blow and you get the news about the job, they let you go and spouse has been cheating, sickness happens. Watch what happens to this house. And it fell, caved into discouragement, caved into depression, caved into sadness. Relationships fell apart. Business falls apart. Marriage goes down, downhill. And great was the fall. See, we're not talking about small, small issues here, guys. We're talking about your life falling apart because you simply are not doing what the master said to do, who knows everything about everything. It's the obedience factor. The obedience factor, the God factor, and the common sense factor. That's the, those are the three answers to the Psalm 15 equation. Do the right thing and you'll live an unshakable life. Okay, why? Common sense, the God factor, the obedience factor. What am I really saying today? Here's, here's what I'm saying. Doing the right thing, really what it comes down to is actually doing God's will. That's what it really means. You say, I was trying to just, just pare this down. Like, what, a, what am I really saying? You know, the prayer that Jesus gave us, you know, some of you know it. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Say it with me if you know it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You can stop there. You can stop there. There's more to it. Give us this day our daily bread, right? Let's go back to that last part. Your kingdom come, your, what? Will. See, it's far too many of us are waking up in the morning and we're saying, God, today I want to do this. Or maybe not even addressing God at all. Here's what I'm going to do today. Really? Is it your life? Is it your world? Is it your kingdom? Like our job as Christ followers is to wake up and say, God, not my will today, but your will be done today on earth as it is done in my life, which means I'm going to obey what you say. I'm going to do the right thing. Jesus, Jesus modeled this. Look, in John chapter 5, I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Like Jesus didn't live out his own life. He lived out the life that, and the plans that God the Father had for him, ultimately leading to his crucifixion and resurrection from the dead. Jesus says, now I want you to pray that, the same prayer, and I want you to live the same way. Doing the right thing simply means you're going to do my will on earth as it is done in heaven. You know, our world is so filled with promises. It has these, this value system. You turn the television on and you hear people talking on the radio. And, and, and the value system of our world, tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, is that if, if you have money or if you look a certain way, physical appearance is a certain type, if you have success in certain areas or if you have some specific skill sets, you know, if you, ha if you have the ability to buy certain types of automobiles or certain types of homes, well, then you're, then you're kind of a big deal. And if you don't have the look or the income or the house or the cars, or if you don't have that stuff, well, then you know you're just really not that valuable. Yes or no? That's our world today. No? Am I crazy? 
it's, it's, it's our world has an offer of salvation. It says if you want significance, if you want value, you have to pursue the power and the money and the pleasure and you have to have the look and you have to have all these different things. And that's the way to find your salvation in this life. But here's what John said. John offers us a different perspective. He says the world, everything I just described, and its desires for whatever, power, money, wealth, prestige, material possessions, right? The world and all of its desires, it's gonna, what's going to happen to it? Come on, say it with me. It's going to go bye-bye. It's over. <laughs> just a little bit of time. It's gone. All the, you're somebody because you have certain things or a certain amount of wealth or a certain amount of power or a certain amount of authority or whatever. All of that stuff is going away. However, however, something else is going to last forever. Whoever does this, say it with me, the will of God lives forever. You know what we're really talking about in this series, guys, is, is, is trying to understand how to find the life that God originally intended for me and you to live. Like, what did he have in mind when he created me and you? It, it's this eternal, unshakable, immovable, immovable, abundant, full life. That's what I'm trying, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to describe it to you. It's available to you and I. Should we step in and put the common sense factor into play and put the, the God factor into play and put the obedience factor, we step into a, an unshakable, eternal, never-ending life. That's what the offer is today. I don't know about you, but I am excited about finding that life and living out that life. Do the right thing. Let me close with a question. If I haven't bugged you enough yet, let me, let me bug you a little bit more. Tough question. Where do you need to do the right thing? Like if, if doing the right thing is going to build you a life on the rock, an unshakable life, so that when the trials and the sorrows come in, the winds and the floods and the, and the rains come in, you're not all like freaking out. Like if that's the case, and I just presented that, that's the case in the Bible, like, where do I need to shift? Where do I need to shift? Has envy gotten a grip of you? Because you get on Facebook and Instagram and you scroll and you look at everybody else's highlights. My kids aren't as cute as his, hers. My waist isn't as thin as hers. I can't, I don't have that sweater. Where'd she get that? Envy, right? Jealousy. It's not right. Stop it. Stop it. Quit the envy. Quit the jealousy. Quit the endless scrolling through, right? It's creating something that's not right in you. See how that works? Does pornography have its claws in you? Can't stop watching? That's cheating on your spouse, by the way, if you're married. If you're not married, it's, it's impurity. Has it got its claws in you? Quit it. Quit it. Look, where, where do you need to do the right thing? You have a judgmental spirit inside of you. You always, you always try. You're the, somehow you've made yourself everybody's referee. <laughs> like you're the, you're the moral police out there, you know. Stop it. Stop it. Don't be a Pharisee, right? Show us some love. Show us some grace. Balance out that, that, that truth with grace in your life. Where do you need to do the right? Some of, some of you verbally abuse the people in your house. You do. You say, how does he know that? Because I, I do it sometimes. 
<laughs> you know, it's easy just to get angry and raise your voice and say things and get your way, right? Stop it. Like, that's not right. Like, God, like I have to adjust my life. I have to adjust my life. If I want a life on the rock, I have to, I have to, I begin to, I have to begin to pursue the right thing and replace the wrong thing in my life. I'm on this journey with you. So, so I hope this question today, I hope it bothers you. I hope it messes with you. But I actually hope that at some point you will take the time to answer this question and write a few things down. Where do I need to do the right thing if I want to live an unshakable life? Now, as I wrap up today, as I wrap up today, it's very simple. Some of you are here today. The right thing for you to do is to place your trust in Christ. If he were here today, he would say these words. He even said them in the New Testament, John chapter 15. He said, there's no greater way for a person to show his love than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid his life down for you. He died on a cross and three days later he rose again to make a way for you to step into this eternal, unshakable, immovable, indestructible life. And he says to you today, come. I've done everything that's possible for you to come. All you have to do is reach out in faith. Maybe today's the day where you reach out in faith. Heck, I'll even say the words for you. I'll say the words, you take these words, back them with your faith, and step into a relationship with Christ today so you can begin to live an unshakable life. If you feel led to pray, would you close your eyes and bow your head and just take these words, make them your own. Say this to Jesus right now. In this moment, only you and him doing business right now. Say this, Jesus, I trust you today. I want an everlasting life, an unshakable life. I believe you died on the cross and rose again so that I could experience that. Right now I ask you to forgive my sin Cleanse me, wash me, remove the guilt and the shame. I repent of selfishness and living life my own way. Enter my heart right now. Make me your child. And from this day forward, with your strength in me, help me to honor you with everything I do and everything I say. I pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, we believe that's the greatest decision anybody could ever make on planet Earth. So we want to celebrate, don't we, guys? Come on, raise it high. No golf claps. Come on, raise it high. Amen. We want to get you started on the right foot. So if you just prayed that prayer, put your faith in Christ. We have tables back here to the right and to the left. We want to put a free one-year New Testament in your hand, a copy of the New Testament for you to begin reading. If you prayed that prayer watching online, there's a little box there that you can check that says, I accepted Christ. Put your address on there. We'll send one to you in the mail. Also, really quick, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Got a couple thoughts, a couple thoughts for you. If you haven't put your faith in Christ yet, but you're thinking about it, but you still have doubts and questions about the Bible, about Jesus, about church, and you just, you're, for some reason you're hesitating. We have an environment called Starting Point. It's a safe place for you to explore those issues with people that love you and care about you. So talk to our folks back there about Starting Point. Now, 
I want to close today with a, with a song that our, our team has put together. Um, and it's really an opportunity for you to close this deal out, to have a moment with God, to say, God, I am going in this series, I am going to apply these four principles. I want to live an unshakable life. You are the rock. I want to found my life on the rock to live that unshakable life. So I'm going to invite you all right now to close with some worship. Go ahead and stand up, stand up. And if you have to leave, you have to leave, that's fine. But I want to give you an opportunity to say to God, I'm making my decision to live life on the rock. And then we'll close with a couple of announcements. See you in a minute.
Don't we serve an awesome God, right? The Rock, he's there for us. Don't we have an awesome pastor, too, who brings the word? Yeah, he does. We're so thankful for him. And man, what a challenge to do the right thing. I hope it's in your school, your work, wherever it is, that you challenge yourself, your family, to do the right thing. And we hope that you do the right thing this week by coming to the night of worship this week. Thursday night, all right, 7 o'clock right here at the Greenwood campus. We're going to charge you admission, which is a canned food item for the refuge, all right? That's one of our ministry partners. We would love to fill their pantries to help people in need, so please bring a canned food item. And also, if you're a parent that has three and under, we want you to know that there is child care for you, but you need to pre-register them. And so you can do that by texting NOWKIDS to 65248, NOWKIDS 65248. We love you guys. Will you join me with, in prayer as we pray for us on this talk? Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message. We thank you, God, that in the end you show us grace and mercy at your cross even when we don't do the right thing. But God, I pray that today your Holy Spirit will fill us and that you will help us do the right thing in our lives. And that it just won't be today, but that it will be this week. And it won't just be this week, but it will be in the months to come, God, that we can make a difference in our community, in our families' lives, in the world, God, if we just choose to do the right thing. So God, help us. Help us understand what is the right thing to do and help us to give the courage to do the right thing so that we can live for you and proclaim your glorious name, Jesus, that is the name above all names. We thank you for today. We give you all the praise. May your name be given the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys are dismissed. We hope to see you next week. Bring a friend. <laughs>